Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, and thanks for downloading the Sun Ranto Show. What you are about to hear is a conversation with you. It's a conversation on Twitter spaces, which we do from time to time just to keep in contact with everybody and see how Cub fans are feeling about everything. Uh, if you want to hear this show early and ad-free all the time, well, then become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash sunranto. Patreon.com slash sunranto. It's how we keep the lights on here at the podcast and make it worth our while to bring incredible Cubs content to Cub fans all around the world. Please join us. There's perks at every level. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Enjoy our conversation complete with advertising. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Hello, all. I don't know if I'm coming through at all. Or if uh, I'm loud and clear, can can you hear me, Michael Cotton? You have to unmute yourself. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. How am I doing? Hooray! Yeah, everything sounds good. That's the problem with these spaces: is that because the technology is new and walky, the first ten minutes on any time you do a chat room like this is spent like dealing with. Uh, the whether or not we can all be heard or not. Well, and I wish they would just let us get in 10 minutes early. You know what I mean? So that we could figure this out for ourselves before anybody else comes in. No, no, that would be, that would make too much sense. And then they wouldn't have control over, um, <laughs> over us. So, um, Hey, so I'm watching the stupid Indians or the clothes and, um, it's it disappointing, not to be um, not unexpected at all, of course. But um, one interesting thing that was kind of like I just naturally am going for Cleveland because they are the underdog in this series, and the Yankees. What are you? What are you working at a in a in a washing dishes at a restaurant or something? <laughs> no, yeah, that was my that was my family. I just just finished making dinner and then I was getting out of the kitchen so that they could eat. Gotcha. Well, one thing that's interesting, it's like, so you got the, the Cleveland Guardians with a very low payroll, a lot of uh, under uh, a lot of rookies on the team, uh, the youngest team since the 86 Mets that to ever make the postseason. And, you know, they're playing the, the evil empire of the New York Yankees and um, who spent a lot of money who are out there, uh, you know, going for it pretty much year after year with only like small dips in their contention windows. And, um, you know, the Cubs, who is apparently a big market team, uh, they're sitting there right in the middle, kind of not going this way, not going that way, you know, just, you know, supposedly rebuilding. Anyway, you get a team like the Cleveland Guardian and, and, um, Everybody, they're naturally underdogs. It's you naturally want to go for them, especially being a Cubs fan uh, and the lovable loser thing. But um, you know, a lot of people are out there, including you. I know you've said this that you don't want Cleveland to win because they don't, they didn't spend any money, and they never spend any money. 
And the teams that spend money should win, and because that will teach all the other owners to win. But like, how do you reconcile that with your heart? That's that's the question I'm going to put out there to everybody right now. That's that's actually that's a really good question, Danny. I uh, and I'm and I'm with you because I had I was like. I don't know. I was maybe two or three innings into this game before I remembered that I was cheering for the Yankees. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I just don't care either way. But yeah, objectively, when I look at it, I think that um, some of these low, low-paid teams and and this stuff, while it is a good story, it it has become the norm with. Uh, so many teams that that's what they're trying to do that you almost don't want to see it, be, you know, or at least you don't want to see it too much. I mean, you have the Phillies and you've got the Padres coming up later tonight. Those are two teams that are absolutely not uh, holding the purse strings. You know what I mean? They're yeah, they, they've, they've spent some money. Um, they're, they're number four and number five in payroll. And then uh, the Astros, I'm not sure where their Astros are. The Astros are number nine, number nine, number nine. Right. Um, but, yeah, the Astros are number nine, but uh, they're still at $192 million. Yeah, I think the, the, there's probably not a lot of room between, you know, maybe five and ten or something like that. But that's still, they're, they're upper third of the league in spending. So the only team that is out here right now that could kind of, you know, say, hey, we did it without spending, is Cleveland. Yeah, and Cle- Cleveland way down here, $82 million, uh, the third least. Next so to Baltimore and the A's. So if they somehow win this game, I'll be fine with it because one out of four, you know what I mean? But I don't think yeah. they're going to, you know, unless, you know, unless the, you know, Yankees have a, a major uh, choke job here in the last two innings. Well, which but it doesn't also, look like it's going to happen. It also just the, the Cleveland being here with such talented players like, you know, Stephen Kwan has been so impressive as the leadoff hitter uh, for this team. And, you know, they've just they've drafted well and they've developed well. And so and so they're sitting here. In this, and they've they've made a great trades. So like some of these guys that they got are prospects that are now up that they got for like Lindor and you know uh, other trades that they made when they decided not to go for it for those couple of years. Um, Cubs might have that coming, you know. So I'm just, it, it, but at the same time, you look at uh, a team like this and and succeeding, and you're like, well, maybe you can't buy it, like. Look how fast, I mean, the Dodgers went home. The Mets, number one, the number two teams, Hold on, first but two the, teams. But the, but the Dodgers did not go home against, like, the Mariners or even the Cubs or anybody like that. They went home versus the Padres, who you said are, what, number four or five? Like, that's a team yeah, that spent yeah. a lot of money. They've done everything right. They've actually been kind of following that Dodgers playbook. They're developing guys, they're bringing guys in, but more importantly, they're locking guys up for a long time because it's just like, hey, you're good, you're young, you know, we're willing to to do this, come here and let's, you know, make something happen. 
in, in, in this world where really youth is king, in, in really all respects, and I'm feeling that more and more as a 48-year-old man, um, but it, you know, when, you, when you look at youth and what the Cubs managed to do in 2015 and 2016 when their players were young and too stupid to know that they sucked, um, uh, is, don't you think that there is just like something to be said for just keep it, keep getting younger, keep getting more talented, keep, uh, you know, keep the, get the development train going because and you want to go on all levels, but so many of these contracts that you see, you know, like Jason Hayward, terrible contract, Christian Yelich. Terrible contract. Okay, you know, hold, on, not, hold on, hold on, hold on. Albert Pujols, except for when he got to take steroids hold on. again. Terrible contract. <laughs> yeah, but you got you got to stop there. If you're going to talk about the 2016 Cubs, they were young, but they went out and they spent a bunch of money on John Lester, who was not young. Right. They they uh, spent a bunch of money on Jason Hayward, uh, who was actually still pretty young. Yeah, he was like 27 um, or something. Right, but they but they did spend money on him, and while the bat never really came through, he was part of that you know whatever Gold Glove defensive sort of team. Sure, I mean, uh, yeah. and he and he did other things obviously that you know made a difference Speeches. because he he had sort of a leadership. He was able to have this leadership role, and I think that's the difference here is that when you when you're talking about going younger all the time, you have a point. But if you don't spend the money to bring in some of those guys who are going to, you know, hold these kids' hands and show them what to do, David Ross, I mean, mm-hmm. the, those guys benefited a lot from having David Ross there. Um, you know, so you, you have to bring that in as well. And the Cubs made some serious trades in order to get uh, Chapman, you know, which – a lot of us don't like Chapman, but they went out and they did what they, you know, had to do at that moment to try, you know, what they thought they had to do to win. And that is what these teams aren't really doing right now. You know what I mean? They're not willing to spend a bunch or make a big trade or do any of that. They're just like, let's just sit here and wait. And hopefully these guys who we think are going to come up will come up. Yeah, well, and and I've, just in a related note, like in these playoffs themselves, um, when you see teams, or the Phillies were a third wild card team, kind of limped in, and then found their footing here in the playoffs. You know, they, they wouldn't. I don't think the Phillies. Uh, I don't think they make it last year, right? I think that's correct. That they're just not in it, and now they're in the championship series. So. I know that you we've talked about this a million times, but the the idea that um, you don't have to go and get that extra player like the Mets didn't get Contreras. They could have probably used that bet. But now a lot of Mets fans are like, well, we didn't even have like too much of a minor league system left at this point um, to even go get Contreras. Uh, you know, maybe they didn't even have a package to make it happen. So I, I so what I'm just wondering is like they go home. They lose the short series, but anybody can win out of half the half the teams that make it, 
you know? So it's like, what incentive? Like, I just keep bringing it back to the Cubs. We're a Cubs podcast. And if anybody's listening to this that has never heard our podcast, it's the Sun Ranto Show. It's me and Michael and a lot of, and a huge cast of characters uh, that come through. This show is, uh, it, it is just a conversation with hopefully you guys. And if anybody wants to chime in on anything that we're talking about, please uh, just request to speak and, and uh, we'll let you in. But, uh, you know, with the postseason tournament going on, um, it, there, there's not really the impetus to go get that extra arm, to go get that closer, to go get that. Uh, I mean, because it doesn't matter. Like you could be a Dodger sitting home. You know, they spend $300 million and they don't even get out of the first series just because, you know, some hot-ass team came through and beat them. Uh, and they weren't even hot. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it, well, I mean, the, I don't know what the Padres did at the end, but, like, th- they were 5-12 and 12 or something like that or 5-14 and 14 you know, versus, you know versus you know the Dodgers this year. And, like, there's no reason they should have lost to them in this short series, you know? Right. But you know what's funny? Is that I mean already we've only done the postseason, the end of season tournament, one time. We're not even all the way through. I'm already seeing people saying, "Oh, we need to move to uh, wild card around needs to be five games. The next one needs to be seven, and then seven. And there, it's it it is already happening. It's like, and yeah. I've been talking about this forever. We all these people who wanted the wild card not to be one game. They wanted to go to three. And I was like, well, once you get three, you're going to want five. And then you're going to want seven. And that's exactly what's happening. And here's the thing. People forget because they just do not pay attention to or look backwards and see how did we end up with that wild card game in the first place? Well, it's because a lot of these wild card teams were just coming in at the end and making it to the World Series, beating teams that were, quote-unquote, better than them. And MLB didn't like that look. The fans right, didn't like that cause, look. Because there, there was only one wildcard team that was automatically I – mean, and then they made which, them play a game. At first, which, they didn't even make them play a game. You were just in and you faced the top seed. But, yeah. you know, that's not. this isn't basketball. You don't have, like, you know – and especially when you're only doing four teams, like these are still all very good teams out of out of you know yeah exactly it's per league. I mean you know it's just like the so they come yeah so I, I see where you're going with so they, so they created that they I mean number one it allowed them to add another team but it was that made more sense because it created this barrier to the playoffs that these two teams had to get past. And because of that, it's, it really made it hard for those teams to make those runs. Well, now we see as soon as you get rid of that barrier, that, that play-in game, we now have two number three seeds, right, going in the NLCS. Padres were number three. Yeah, and they I were both were wild card teams. Every, no, but, they, both- but they weren't even, they weren't even wild card. They were the third wild card. Yeah. Like, they were three. So they wouldn't even have, yeah, like you said, they wouldn't have even made it into the playoffs last year. And these are the teams that are, you know, one of those two teams will be in the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, once again, and the Braves were a wild card team last year. 
Um, so it's it's pretty regular. If they're trying to keep the wild card team from uh, winning the World Series, having more wild card teams is not going to. Yeah, but you know <laughs> they and, have to call it something else. Or, but again, I I don't. There's nothing wild looking, about it now. I don't know? think they were looking backwards. That was a Bud Selig rule. That wasn't a Manfred rule. I don't believe. Uh, we got we got Galvin three sixteen in here. I believe Galvin. We've we've spoken before, my friend. So uh, welcome yeah. back. Let us know what you got here. Tear my argument apart. Well, no, I'm actually, I, I'm I'm kind of agreeing with you because, but what what you saw in the Dodgers series especially is their big time hitters didn't hit. Same with the Mets. They didn't hit. Yeah. And and they ran into a buzzsaw with the Phillies. I mean, look at the St. Louis series. St. Louis didn't hit. I mean, you know, uh, you look at what uh, Goldschmidt. He was an he's an MVP. He didn't hit. And and it just shows you the adage in October. Excellent pitching will reign supreme. I mean, look at the, look at the Yankees series. Look at the Yankees today. You know, you had a good shutdown. Starting pitching, and and I don't know why Cleveland didn't start Bieber. I know it was on short rest, but you, it's a it's a do or die situation, and you know you. Yeah, maybe he could. Maybe he couldn't go. I don't know. Like we probably not privy to the medicals on that situation. I guarantee Francona's not saving him for game one of the ALCS. You right. Know, He's he's uh, not that guy. That uh, see, and 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 that's when we start getting into the money ball, right? Because they like this Bieber guy. If they want to keep him around, they don't want him to get hurt, and he could possibly injure himself by sh- pitching on short rest. So you know the the numbers, the you know the algorithms tell them don't do this. It doesn't matter because they've already made all their money. But but I, just I being would where they're at. I, but I would say that that's not the reason Bieber didn't start today. I mean, they went with what they had to go with. You know, I think at this point, all the teams are pretty beat up and they're not. I mean, maybe in the regular season, they're doing stupid crap like that. But at this point, it's definitely all hands on deck, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get your point, Galvin. It's it, You know, it's it's just like and a lot of these teams, I feel like they that it is definitely the pitching that uh, is is the shutdown thing. They're trying to now with some of the new rules that are going to come in next year, sort of kind of uh, put the finger on the scale of the hitters a little bit more to maybe get a little bit more action in the game. But um, no, but I, I totally agree with you. And how many times do we see the Cubs, you know, like these are some amazing hitters, like look at Anthony Rizzo, uh, you know, in, in some, well, in this series, Kyle Schwarber, like these guys are hitting like, man, if they would only done that in 2018, like we might've had a couple more, well, we don't have any playoff yeah, the, wins since 2017. Not a single damn win. Yeah, and Danny, I, I, I'm glad you brought up, you know, uh, Schwarber and Rizzo and those guys. Um, I mean, Schwarber wasn't even there for the run up to the World Series. But, um, and this goes to what uh, Galvin was saying, too. The the hitters went cold on those teams. Well, do you guys remember how cold the Cubs hitters went? They went just frozen against the Dodgers. And then uh, they had to come back from that and they were just struggling. And that's where that big money contract for Lester, the big money contract for 
you know, a Hayward, these guys that ended up being leaders despite, you know, maybe not being able to, you know, put numbers on the board. You well, know what Gal- I mean? Like I think, Lester I think- only gets to pitch once every five days, but it's like you, uh, oh, Ben Zobrist, right? These guys that you spent money on, Zilbers was getting sixteen million a year at that point, wasn't he? I mean, I don't know. It was it was not cheap for that time, and so it was like they spent the money for those older dudes, and those older guys, you know, were able to, I think, hold the team together when those bats did go cold. Because I remember. Well, the, you got to pick up. You got to pick them up. You, you know, you got to. A good team picks each other up. So, not every guy's going to get but a it, hit. Every but I th- but I think it's harder sometimes when the team is just full of youngsters. You know, yeah. and it's like you know they haven't I, been there. So, but I'd argue get, that going to the NLCS in seventeen was probably one of the worst things that could happen to that club because that gave Theo and Jed another reason to hang on to that core a little bit longer because they said, hey, you know, they went back in 17. Granted, they didn't hit. They didn't do anything. And then, you know, that bought them even more time to say, hey, you know, we could be complacent. We can't make changes because we've got a team that has won a World Series and then went right back to a third straight NLCS. And then, you know, in 18, you saw what happened. And then they went to the wild card game versus Colorado and did absolutely nothing for what 13 innings yeah well and, and the and Brewers get the Brewers tiebreaker for that in yeah. score rate as well so yeah. they didn't they could have won the division and not had to play in that wild card game but now now they would have a three game series and but I, I take your also your point gal about just you know we can blame the hitters be like the bath went cold but I think what you're saying is that it, you know it's two sides of the same coin but the pitching is incredible I mean if you've got just like a shutdown situation, uh, you know, the, you can't really blame even big boppers making all the money for flailing away against, you know, at the time, like somebody like a Scherzer in his, in his heyday. Or the, you brought up the 2017 uh, you know, Nationals that we barely got by in that crazy game five. Um, but, you know, you look at a team uh, like that with the, when Strasburg was actually pitching and not injured, uh, you know, it's just like th- that. Te- some teams are just built for the, the Brewers are kind of built for that, but they just couldn't get, do it this year. But that one-two punch, the elite front end of the starters, some get some real innings out of that. And, uh, man, it, it just makes all the difference in the world, maybe more than anything. Anyway, I'm disagreeing with you, Galvin. If you want to expand on that, well, I, I I appreciate that. I mean, you look at you look at these teams that are still in this in this race now, and Cleveland just lost, you know, five to one. All of the teams have at least two bona fide aces, if not, you know, two really good ones, or an ace and a one A or a one B. You know, you look at New York; they have Cole, and then they have Nestor. You know, and then they have, you know, you look at San Diego, for example, that's going tonight. You've got Darvish, and then you've got Musgrove, and then you've got Snell, who, you know, take your pick on what, how he's going to be. And then, you know, Philly with Nola, who is very underrated, who burst onto the scene 
was kind of hurt a little bit and then you know is back to being nola and then right he he's been he's been really good just yeah. like as of lately you know right and i think yeah he i think that guy is uh you know i mean he's he's helping to carry that team right now he's really absolutely he is he's free agent after next season i would love him in a cubs uniform by the way yeah and i wonder how far ahead the cubs are looking at these free agencies because this well, picture uh, this picture Nola, pool is quite nola is more on their timeline than anyone else yeah, unfortunately. But that's I mean, okay, too, because there's no good pitchers out there to go deep on, right? Yeah, you'd have to trade out of your your strength, I guess, of your farm, um, if we can even know what the strength of our farm is at this point. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, you're right, and it's just like every team's got to have that. And I, if you look at the Cubs staff, it seems like they're not even trying to build that way right now, and almost in a way that they don't value it, that they're zagging the other way. Um, in the fact that they're just looking for like strong innings, you have like kind of maybe a cast of thousands sort of um, helming the last three spots. Maybe you g- uh, end up going out there and getting some sort of elite starter. I guess you could. I don't know who that is. I mean, you'd have to trade for it at this point. I don't know who it is, but uh, you're not gonna. I, I mean, are you looking at? Strowman, or uh, he down for at least what two more years, and then uh, he can um, opt out after next year. But okay, he's got a he, he signed a three year deal, <laughs> and I think well, he can opt out next year. But but he's not that guy. I mean, but he is. If you if you end up in like one of these wild card spots next year, and you have Marcus Strowman, you know, as your third starter, second starter out of the pen sort of thing in a tight game where oh here's Strowman in the fourth because Hendricks didn't have it or you know whatever happens however that whatever that looks like in the future um you know at, at that point you know that's where you see him in that role because he's never gonna have like the most elite of stuff you know who's just gonna go up there and just carve batters up all day long I mean you see it from time to time but uh but, you know it's just doesn't doesn't have that look to it <laughs> you know it just doesn't um you know so i'm just wondering like where does that come from because you need it you know i think that's the point that uh, galvin's saying you, you need this elite starting pitching um Crawley and i, and I think that's and he, and he thinks it's coming from japan and i think but i think that it'd be great if they came from japan but i think that's maybe why uh jed has you know, kind of, he hasn't come right out and said 2024, but that's the number everybody throws around. It's kind of where it seems to be going. And probably because he knows, unless a couple of these guys really turn a corner next year, and I, I you know, I shouldn't say turn a corner because uh, a lot of these young guys like, uh, you know, Steele and Thompson were pretty good this year. But if, you know, if they don't step up big time next year, then there isn't really an arm to go after until the following season. Uh, yeah, Kodai, Kodai Senga, who probably I've invited you to, to co-host if you are in a position to talk, you might be in cars or something, but uh, it, Kodai Senga is the one. But I, I don't know if he's like the ace that we're all looking for. I mean, what's a real goddamn shame is that you Darvish is pitching on the Padres. You know, that's what kills me. 
because you had him in house and hey, you hey, might- Dan- Danny, I want to remind you that he's he's going to be old uh, very soon, and he and he's not going to be able to pitch well, and uh, he's injury prone, and I don't know what what were all the other things that the. Uh, all the people who tried to justify that were saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> there, there was a list just, of them. Well, and the, and it's all coming out, you know, not true. He's here in the big games, and the Cubs yeah. are not. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice to have somebody like him. And maybe Kodai Senga is the guy for that. Uh, hey, Carl, where's this uh, elite starting pitching that uh, we've identified that the greatest teams in baseball right now, where's it coming from? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, you mentioned Senga is someone that you take a look at, and uh, I, I don't see them, you know, I, that has to be the number one priority in my book. Um, some people think it might be Carlos Rodon. I'm not 100% sold on giving that guy a monster contract. If uh, I just, uh, you know, it's tough. And, and, you know, it's one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, when you traded you Darvish, you know, he he probably should have won the Cy Young that year over, uh, that the the douche guy Trevor uh, Trevor Bauer right Bauer yeah and so you know you you look at that and you say man that was something you but but again he he had injury history he was getting older no doubt about that and and so if all of a sudden the guy does great then you look like a dumbass if all of a sudden the guy does bad well I told you so it's 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 you know it's just a sometimes it's a roll of the dice with some of these guys you know what I mean yeah I mean I'm looking at it right now you Darvish in 2022 for the Padres. Had a 3.10 ERA in 30 games, and he pitched 194 innings, which is, I mean, that's that's pretty elite. That's probably top 10, isn't? It? I would guess in the majors. I'm just guessing at that. Um, but I mean, yeah, and 197 strikeouts in 194 innings. It's like, where do you get that production? And will and after a a postseason, you know, like we got you, didn't we get him right after he was on the Dodgers? Yeah, that was after and he had, uh, Houston beat him, and that was right. they were they were cheating. To the tip, yeah, they're cheating, and 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 he was uh, beat himself up for tipping the pitches, and that was the narrative for a while. That well, he's he's still upset at Houston, so that's why he sucks on the Cubs. Then it turned out he was injured, but the trading staff couldn't find the injury, and like we just went through the the really the the ringer with with you, Darvish, but. Um, you know, for at age 35 to come out and do what he did this year. I mean, and then if he's going to have like, who knows how long the Padres postseason will go, uh, but it's certainly going down to the wire. Uh, he's already gotten through what? W- well, one series. Um, so, I mean, you're looking at it and you're, you're kind of like, does, would, can he, is this repeatable anyway? So you can't really look at a guy's past numbers and think that he's going to do it again because, you know, we were all excited when Jake Arrieta came back too, right? I mean, and then it was like, I mean, then it was well, like, oh, yikes! You know, but Danny, you're 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 saying that, but he did kind of do it again. I mean, when he was with the Dodgers, he did it. He fell off a little bit with the Cubs for whatever reason. Nobody can play in Chicago, uh, but now he's back and he's done it again. I mean, he had a good season, pitched 194 innings, which. You know, I know, I know there's a couple of guys who went over 200 this year, but it's so rare now, you know. So he's been good all year. He did run it back. And like you say, you can't just look at the numbers and know what he's going to do. 
But I don't well, think looking at, I, you know, we're looking I'm at just, this season and he's pulling it off. Right, but I'm just looking, like, where, I mean, Jed, or, uh, Jed talked about it, about where are these innings going to come from, like these elite innings. You, you remember that? Wasn't that one of his quotes from his presser where he said nothing? Something like, we, we need somebody to eat up these elite innings. And it sounded to me like, and, and I think the way we digested it, when we talked about it, was that it was going to be just basically a lot of like back end matchup one time through the order kind of situation where you're just piecing it together in almost like a Craig Counsley Brewersy way, and that we're not going to have this elite front end starter that uh, I think is what you need in games like in like in the postseason. And so I'm looking at it right now. Uh, man, uh, over 200? Yeah, there's eight guys. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just one dollar a month can buy a scorecard. Five dollars a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And ten dollars a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts. Plus, eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. Eight guys who who did it. Um, you, Darvish, ended up number 11 on the list. Yeah, that's actually more than I thought there were going to be, honestly. Because you just see so many guys go so short now. But uh, So if you're looking at that list, how many are still pitching right now? I mean, probably well, well, three. Shane, Shane Bieber just stopped. Garrett Cole's still in it. Framber Valdez is still in it. Uh, Corbin Burns. Miles Michaelis was in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Aaron Nola's still in it. And Sandy Alcantara is sitting at, at home. So, And he is number one. But also probably will win the Cy Young this year. But he's sitting at home. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It, That's the hard get, part about being the pitcher, and you only get to go out there once every five days, and you you can you know you can kind of be the best and still sit on that bad team. Yeah, well, it's funny, Crawley. I kind of hear it in your voice, like you're like, well, you know, it's tough, you know, you're, and it really does seem like tougher than ever 
like whatever predicament the Cubs are in right now, it just seems like you're right in between. You think you saw some guys emerge. You can't be sure. It seems, but it's not the but it's not the most elite stuff in the world. Like I'm talking about the pitching still, but like you know, Keegan Thompson pitched well. You know, the lefty Justin Steele pitched well. Even like uh, what's his name that came up the Adrian uh, Sampson. Oh my god. Oh no! Well, that was ridiculous. I mean, I I still the I still don't believe Javier Assad. But uh, no, the, yeah, Javier Assad. Yeah, the guy with the glasses. I was gonna say. Um, yeah, even he pitched well. But like nobody's thinking that. Like, you look at it. You're like, well, sitting ninety three, ninety five. Sometimes like it's not the most elite look of, but it, but it was kind of it, it was kind of working most of the time. And you're like, well, how is this working? Is it why? Why was Adrian Sampson working? Like the peripherals sucked ass. So like, you know, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, so is this what they're just gonna go with? Because they've got some like secret sauce that they're cooking up, so you don't need some hundred, some you Darvish type or some really expensive high end front guy. Like the next great Cubs team, quote unquote, is gonna be full of like. A bunch of like number four starters. I don't know, like who can't get through the order twice. Like, what? I do, I'm just saying, like, what does it look like? It, it's just so hard to envision right now. Um, you know, you probably you've seen some of the minor league teams going. Yeah. I mean, I mean, DJ Hurts, like, right? The, the, uh, they're, they're not. They're those guys are not. DJ Hurts is not ready. He's gonna. He's gonna start in. Uh, there's no doubt he's going to be starting in uh, Tennessee again. He was moved up in the after the first half of the minor league season. Uh, Jordan Wicks is another guy. He's going to get some more work done in um, Tennessee. Uh, you, you know, you got you got some interesting guys, but uh, you know, obviously Wisniewski showed a little bit something. You don't know what you really have there. Um, Hayden looked really good. Yeah, I keep forgetting about him because he's so Caleb new. Caleb Killian is a guy that uh, is somebody you know. Who to keep eye on, but it just it, they're just not a hundred percent. See, ready. that's what I mean. Are we just going to have a whole pitching staff full of these guys, and then it's just like everybody's going to do two or three innings? Well, Danny, and- I don't, I don't know if you know this, but uh, they were like, you know, that group that you're talking about was like the best ERA in the league in the second half, and and the Cubs were two games over five hundred in the second half, and um, I don't know. I hear People a little like bit of sarcasm it. in your choice. I, I hope so because it's dripping. Look, you're also what talking. I'm saying is: is that smart? Is that the new thing to do? Is that the new way to do it? You know, like let's let's just have these arms and just throw them out there. You, you know what I mean? Like let's just piece it together that way. Maybe that's better. You spend your money well, elsewhere. I mean, you got to remember too. We've gone. We went how many years without seeing the Cubs able to develop a single goddamn pitcher? I know. I mean. I know, no, I'm not saying anyone's Cy Young here just yet, but it, at least it's nice to see someone other than Rob Zestrinsky coming up. <laughs> uh, yeah, or, and Jose. Right, you couldn't, you couldn't develop jack shit. Now, it's, it's, it's all about a game of numbers, man. You could, you could sit there and you just want to have as many guys as you can. What do you need to really, really, truly break through it is you need two of those guys to hit. You know what I mean? You need two of those guys to hit it when we're talking front line starters so you got to see hopefully two of those guys out of that list and there's and and they do have a lot of good pitching and a lot of good talent and there's just not ready right now if you're telling me 
hey, you know, you can count on Hayden Wesniski for 190 innings. That's not that's not going to happen. Okay, if you're going to tell me Caleb Killian's ready right now and you can guarantee that going into a season, you can't. And then so... Well, uh, Crowley, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. You can't. These guys are still prospects. They're still coming up, and we don't know exactly where they're going to be, which brings me to something that I'm sure we have to talk about is Keith Law's uh, <laughs> look at Matt Mervis. Because as much as – I mean, I, I love the Mervis story, and I want him to do well, and I think he will, but – it was interesting, you know, all the, you know, all the prospect perverts out there just drooling over him. And then you get Keith Law come out and say, he might not be that good. He might be a, a quadruple A player. So, I mean, what did, what did you guys think? People, about people were the, calling him Vogelbach just to he, put, a, he, put, put like he, a look at it. That That's what he said. He, he actually said he might be a Vogelbach. <laughs> So, yeah. So, what do you guys think about that? And, and uh, people in the in the chat, if you want to chat in there, if you want to talk, let us know what you think about the Keith Law. Uh, you know, I want to know what the reaction is to this because I've already seen people starting to be like, "Hey, pump the brakes! Don't worry about it." Like, I don't know. It's funny. It's always about the numbers until it's not. Well, about let, the let me let me just go. I mean. <laughs> What do we know? We know we know small sample size, right? Recency bias, all those type of things that come up. What Mervis did, he went up three levels. I mean, in one year, he started in high A. I mean, think about that. He went through high A, double A, triple A, and everywhere he went, he absolutely raked. He's hit the most home runs from a, a rookie, or I mean, from a minor leaguer since Chris Bryant. Okay, so that's just it's not nothing to sneeze at. Um, Alex Cohen, he's the voice of the Iowa Cubs. Great, great guy. Obviously got to see plenty of Matt Mervis. And I like Alex Cohen's reply, which he, he said, you know, hey, man, uh, you know, a lot of respect. Respect Keith Law. He, he went by what he saw. I've seen Matt Mervis pull an elevated 98-mile-per-hour fastball on the lefty about 430 feet. No concern about his bat speed. So, you know, good on Keith Law that he feels that. You're talking about... Uh, he went there, he went, so this is down in the AFL, and on Saturday, what they did is they kind of had this clinic. AFL is where all everyone brings their, you know, best prospects, and then he goes to this clinic where, where the, you know, he sees Matt Mervis play maybe two, maybe three games, and now he's going to make a determination based on that? I mean, all right, I guess. Yeah, well, and I'm looking at Mervis's numbers just, like, overall, and he he's still pretty young. I mean, he's 24, um, but he really did, he's hit everywhere he's been. I mean, he was a was at Duke, uh, and he was really good there. I mean, it, 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 I don't know if Duke is like the the most elite of baseball schools, but uh, what what really emerged this year was the power, and that's what's really different about the situation because he was kind of bad at okay um but if he is i mean he never hit more than nine home runs in any season and then comes up and he hits 36 like you gotta wonder about that i mean fine pump your bricks but also like there's nobody blocking him let him fucking play and people are like 
oh, we need a Brayu. I'm like, I guess he's a million. I guess he does well at. Now we're going to see all these annoying stories, you know, because all the blogs need clicks. You know, fucking click on their shit. They need it, you know. So, um, but, uh, you know, a, a Brayu, like, like they're talking about an Abreu Mervis platoon all of a sudden. I'm like, where the hell did this come from? Yeah, Danny, and, and I am absolutely with you on this. Let Mervis come up and play. Uh, I think. I don't know why on, he already did it. He had 36 home runs and there was nobody I, blocking him in, in 2022. I don't know, I don't know Just either. Just bring and, him up. And when I said that, you know, the numbers mean everything until the numbers don't mean anything, you know, I was just kind of, you know, devil's advocate kind of getting a dig in there because I personally believe some guys are just better than their numbers necessarily say. I mean, look, when, uh, uh, oh shit, are you, am I, Nico Horner comes up, does nothing but play. And the kid has played ever since he got up. He came up off the couch, double A, and just started, you know, he's basically kicked ass ever since he's been here. Like, he wasn't an absolute superstar in the first couple of years, and he, he probably n- never will be. But is he a starting baseball player for a big league team? Absolutely. And yet, we had to sit through two years of people talking about, well, he hasn't had enough at bats. He, he hasn't done this, and he hasn't done that, and he hasn't done this. Well, you know what he did do? He, he went to the major leagues, you know, two years earlier than anybody ever expected, and he thrived. And I think Matt Mervis could totally be a guy like that. I, you know, I, I, I honestly, I, I err on the side of uh, optimism, and I really do think that these guys can come up and just do that if they get their opportunities. Which is what I was talking about at the beginning, which is the youth movement. Like, don't mess around with these guys when they're 26, 27. Put it together like the freaking Rays. Have a bunch of young dudes that you never heard of. Bring in some veteran with talent to, to like, push it through. And but, you don't even ever need to pay for it. But that's the point. You still have to, if you, uh, you know, I love, you know, having young guys on the team. But you still have to have those high play, those high paid stars that are going to take the spotlight and do all the things that high paid stars do on teams that, you know, aren't even necessarily on the field. You know what I mean? Because maybe Matt Mervis is going to be amazing, but if he comes up and he's the only story and he has to deal with that all year long, and maybe that's the part that hurts him more well, so here's than my question. on the field. Here, but let's boil it down to this. Anthony Rizzo could opt out. Let's say he does. Would you rather have an Anthony? No, honestly. Anthony Rizzo had a great season. He had more home runs than Mervis did in the majors. And that, that was in so Gordo, like, Gordo's you, article today talking about that. He has the opt out. And you okay. could, he could easily, you know, not saying it's going to happen, but I never thought Greg Maddox would ever come back to the Cubs either. Well, and also maybe he's like, he, he listened to the Sun Ranther show. He knows how badly... I want a statue of him in statue row of him, you know, holding that ball up in the air after he caught it, uh, you know, in the World Series. So in in the World Series. Uh, and uh, so it seems to me that maybe he could come back. But here's my question. 
if he were to do something like that and come back to the Cubs because we were about to compete again, we got some other players and he was excited, um, and he did that, and we offered him some money to do it, um, you, you know, at that point, would you rather have that or Matt Murray? Here's, here, uh, platooning with here, Jose Abreu. You know, you know, first of all, the Abreu thing, the guys' home runs were cut in half this year, and they're looking for pops. I don't, I don't get why everyone wants to get a guy who says, I think he says he's 36. You know, I, I'd like. I mean, I, you dude, know, I've, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen bloggers operate. You know, I, they're like, right. they're looking through people's rosters, being like, oh, "What could happen?" And writing you an just, article about it because they. You know. Now, to Michael's point about Nico Horner, you know what? That is a great freaking story, man. That's not the norm, though, of guys just coming up and just absolutely killing it. You know, I mean, I've, I've seen my fair share of Rich Hills and. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, jo- not Josh Vitters, but uh, Brett Jackson in center. I mean, all these guys. Remember uh, Albert Almora? Everyone was mad at Joe because he used to platoon Almora and Hap. And everyone's like, oh, just let Almora do it. Let, let Almora do it. And then, okay, then Almora got his chance to do it, and he just couldn't. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, a lot, sometimes there are things that they see that they may not want to say out loud are the reasons specifically, Right as to why you don't start the guy. And so I'm just looking at this, and there could, you know, not to say Keith Law isn't wrong. He might be right, he might be wrong, I don't know. But there may be something that this kid just had an unbelievable year out of nowhere. When you had Chris Bryant had his year, I mean, that kid was already a blue-chip prospect, right? Number two overall pick. Houston really should have picked him first. Went with Mark Appel. But but out of nowhere, this guy's going to come in here. The majors is a tough place to try to figure things out, especially if all of a sudden you start scuffling. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Robert Sanchez uh, just came into the room. Mr. Cub Druggist, uh, what, what you got, my brother? Good evening, gentlemen. Well, don't forget that the other side of the coin you guys are talking about is Nico Horner, he comes up, he has success. As he gets closer to arbitration, he's going to get traded. If, you know, if that's the route, you know, that's the Tampa Way, well, way of doing stuff. Yeah. I I wonder because he's one of the under the radar players. One of the things that Jed did say was that they were gonna, you know, try to look at locking some guys up and well, yeah, want to have some conversations. Yeah. And and I know a lot of people thought about Hap on the tip of their tongue because we had just been talking about that with the trade rumors. But I kind of thought they were thinking more of like your Nikos of the world, or you know, or even a. Maybe they like what they saw of Morrell. I, I don't really feel this way, but maybe they would be like, oh, give him a David Bodie-esque I was, I was, where, I was just going to I was just going to say, Danny, I'll bet David Bodie would take like an extra two years on his deal. Well, I was just coming from oh, God. The, the Tampa Bay perspective because that's what they do. The thing, you know, as soon as somebody gets close to making some money, they're gone. And, and, and you're absolutely Pirates right. Too. Pirates do that. Uh I'm not sure if. So I mean, Cleveland seems to be doing that a, a little. I know they have in the past. I I don't follow Cleveland as you don't hear about them as much, I guess. But um, and then the end result yeah. of that is you don't have your career Cubs. Like there's no such thing as a career Tampa Bay player. Nobody can name one. Yep. <laughs> they're 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 only guy that, like they're still hanging their hat on. Uh, Freaking Wade Boggs, I think. But I mean, Wade Boggs. <laughs> when you talk about anyone in these type of days, right now, who's the career guy? I mean, you know, 
Well, that's true, too. Yeah, I mean, he, that's, you know, the days of, of, you know, and people forget. He, well, unfortunately, it's, I mean, right off the top of my tongue is Yadier Molina. But then we're also going to have a Manny Machado, who it's not going to be 100% in one place, but he's going to play his career for the most part in San Diego. Right. But, you know? but, and, and all those Braves guys that they locked up. They, oh, yeah, the Braves The Braves are doing it. Braves are doing exactly what they're doing we kind of wish people would do. The Braves yeah. bought out everybody's arbitration and yeah. got like a two years right. after. Yeah, and, they so, that, and that's like half their career. Like right. They just bought their youth, which is probably smart. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry, I think I interrupted you. Uh, dude, I don't even remember what I'm saying, man. Uh, all, all I know is I'm happy I got my CubsCon tickets today. Oh, you did? I thought you needed to um, get a hotel package is That's what, what I, I did. saw. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> guess who's sleeping under your bed? <laughs> um, the, uh, the other thing I saw today was a group... Email, uh, or I mean, a, a group, uh, group uh, tickets email, by which that they are have they have new perks. Did you see? Yeah, that? I got that email. New, yeah, and uh, what did they get like a couple of free tickets away. They never used to do that on field experience or some kind of experience, whatever that means. Um, anyway, they they never used to do shit for group tickets. They'd be like, take it or leave it. You're in a corner. You got 80 people, that's just how it's going to go. And I bought uh, group tickets many, many a time. But this says to me that they're a little desperate, that they're going to offer some of these things. And it doesn't make me quite as hopeful that they're going to buy players. They're like, no, we'll give you a bobblehead and let you meet Ryan Sandberg. And then, you know, that's good enough. Um, I don't know. But I'm, I'm not going to read too much into it. They're, it's, they should, they're, this is what they should have been doing all along. I think it's ridiculous that they don't have a more fan-friendly situation. Uh, we're way past the halfway point in the show here, the Twitter space, but uh, little Everett Yoakum, uh, you're, you're, he's a little late for his uh, yodel Howdy. But uh, Everett. Oh, let's get the yodel. Come on, Everett. Yeah. So, Is that yep. it? Cliffhanger. Oh, <laughs> cliffhanger. All right. <laughs> yeah, 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 I believe you uh, resolved on the dominant chord. Nice but one. Danny, nice you one. know, I've been wondering for a uh, while now, you're on like four different podcasts. When are you and Everett going to start one about uh, about the yodeling and the history of yodeling? I don't know. Everett, have you ever considered doing a yodeling podcast? I don't know. Um, <laughs> are you... Are you are you up? That's a fair answer. Are Are you up on the uh, like the most famous yodelers of all time? Like, who is who's your favorite yodeler? Don Walzer. Don Walzer. Walzer. Don Walzer. Walzer. Don Walzer, American singer. You know what? We're gonna have to look into this guy. Uh, yeah, Rolling Stone from Texas. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this out. Um, you know, Jewel. Used to yodel quite a bit, you know the yeah. She was in the van for a while. Yep, she was in the van yodeling. 
And so, uh, well, anyway, that's that's fascinating. I believe that we probably, uh, you know, spent our our yodeling money here in this in this uh, pregame chatter. Um, but uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Everett. I really, always appreciate your Happy contribution. Trails. <laughs> <laughs> Happy trails, Everett. God, I, I, I love the creepy ending. I just, it, it really is. I think I might listen time. to that podcast, to be honest with you. <laughs> Eight line. So where were we? Sorry, sorry to der- derail us, but I had to. It's it's now, it's just what happens on Sunranto Twitter spaces now. Especially with the ending? Yeah, no, you, I, I I think you have to have a yodel somewhere in the Twitter space. That's If he... If ever ever stops coming to the Twitter spaces, one of us is going to have to learn to yodel. I, I mean, I can kind of yodel. <laughs> I can, I can, I don't know. I could. Not terrible. It's I have no Everett Yoakum, but yeah. yeah, you're no you're no Everett Yoakum, and <laughs> and honestly, the you know I don't know about the podcast, Crawley, but I really I am super into having the Sunranto show theme song with that yodel that he did that time because that was oh my amazing. God. Well, too bad it was breaking up the whole time because Twitter doesn't want to invest in their sound, but uh, no, it. I mean, yodeling, it's, it's, it really is just kind of, it's got its niche. You know, I don't, I don't know who uh, would ever put out like a yodeling album. He gave, I don't, he gave uh, you the name, Don Wesner, Don Walzer. No, I, I, but are you going to put on the whole album, the whole thing? That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, are you going to, I mean, I would say that of the yodeling fans in the world, Everett has got to be one of the greatest yodeling fans that ever existed on the face of the earth. And and in the Venn diagram of Cubs fans and yodeling fans, he's it. He might be the, that that one tiny overlap. Well, I th- I definitely need <laughs> I definitely need to write a yodeling song now for, about the Cubs. But um, yeah, I don't know. So this NLCS is going to start. Should we like transition we end, on to? Should we end on the NLCS here in the last few minutes? Well, Cubs aren't in it. <laughs> That's for one. Breaking. Um, yeah, breaking news. Uh, are they going to be in it next year? I mean, and what will it take to get there? I mean, you're, you're looking at a couple wildcard teams, but, you know, that's kind of an unfair thing to say given how these teams are built. I mean, I mean, the Cubs could have easily been the Cardinals this year with a little bit of effort. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with any effort, you, you're absolutely right. With any effort, they they could have, you know, and you know, as we talked in the last show, we broke it down. It's like you know, they basically said they could have, and they just but didn't. The card, but the Cardinals are sitting at home. They didn't win a game, you know, so they're not built for this. But anyway. they, but you know what? They won the division. They you know yeah. they have yet another freaking division title that we don't have that the Cubs you know, will not get. It's like being Miss Delaware. Is it really a prize? But you know what? It is now. 
since anybody can get into the it's not though it's it, not since though. anybody not in can it. get into the end of season tournament i think you have to actually look in because Listen, the end of season tournament no. doesn't necessarily show cub fans are going to need a deep run and and that's what i'm saying they're giving away uh, a, you know, a visit with a Cubs legend or whatever, just because you buy group tickets, they're giving a, giving you a couple freebies, even though they're not free because you can get them all cheaper elsewhere. But I, I mean, it, they're they're desperate. Like they're looking at their numbers and they're like, "We got to do better." And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of like I'm losing the thread here. But like. <laughs> I mean, when I'm taking when I'm taking no. a look though at these teams that made it in, they, they there's a lot of talent on there. Let's let's not. That's I what mean, I mean. We go. We don't have it. I mean, that's kind of where I'm it, going. It is. It is talent, and and sometimes you know, I I will say I was shocked at the Phillies, and the reason is because when Kyle you know Schwarber's your elite defender, that's kind of something that gets you a little bit nervous, uh, especially in the postseason, but. You know, sometimes it's, you know, usually the best teams make it in the postseasons, but it doesn't necessarily mean the best team wins at all. You know what I mean? And and so, like, the Dodgers were just had absolutely everything, and then they just hit the Padres at, at the wrong time. You know, the Padres, if you would have listened to everybody that last month of the season, they gave away the future and for what, for nothing, and, and, and this and that. Now they're, you know, four games away from the World Series. You know, but they yeah. have, they have. If you go down that list of talent, and you and you see who they have on that team, it's it's. You just wonder why it wasn't clicking on all cylinders before. Well, yeah. and you wonder when, when the Cubs are going to build an elite team like that. Like when are they going to go out and get? You know, because Juan Soto was just awesome, no matter what he did on the Nationals. Like, Nationals were good, Juan Soto was awesome. Nationals are bad, Juan Soto's awesome. So the Padres knew what they were getting in that trade, you know? Like, they went out and they and they got what they needed to push them over the top, and it seems to be working so far, you know? And, you know, now they got, like, the power of the goose and stuff like that. So, <laughs> hey, but, Danny, I think but everybody, the, the real Cubs question... Aren't building, the Cubs aren't building that way. I'm no, just saying they're not... They're not. They're not looking to do that. And every indication says to me that they have no intention of going and building a team like these West Coast teams and some of these more elite teams are being built. I, I don't, they I don't they still they, say words like intelligent spending. They so. don't even know what their plan is yet. I don't think they even have. Like they claim they have a plan. I think that plan changes an awful lot year to year. I don't think they have a real plan. But my my big question, Phillies, Padres, where are you at, Danny? Because I know you've got a, a, a grudge against these Padres, but are does that is that sticking around? Are you going for the Phillies right now? Uh, I, I'm just going to watch the game and see what happens naturally. I, I really just can't say out loud that I'm for the Padres uh, because it <laughs> – and and the Phillies, like I, I just there, I've had a lot of like bad experiences with Philadelphia and some good ones, but like, um, and I've bad bad experiences with their fans in Philadelphia. So I just kind of like think they suck. I've got friends that like both teams, um, so I don't know. I, you know, it's it's. I'm just gonna watch it. I I would say that ultimately my. I, if it's like Bryce Harper versus Manny Machado, 
you know, kind of thing. Like, I'm more Team Mandy than Bryce, you know, like, yeah. I yeah, like it, the Padres players more, I think, <laughs> ultimately. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. You like the Padres players, but it's real hard to say you like the Padres. Yeah. Crawley, are you over 84? I'm never going to be over 84, but, you know, it's funny. Every So far, I've picked the Phillies to lose to the Cardinals and then to the Braves. And now I still think that the, that the Padres are going to beat them, but it seems like they just uh, are intent on proving me wrong. Um, you know, Kyle Schwarber. Oh, there's there's a betting thing right there. <laughs> yeah, Crawley is is betting on the Padres, so I think everybody needs to put their money Shift your the money board. to the Phillies. It's guaranteed. <laughs> and that's your, your son ran to lock there. Um, but I, I, I just... I'm shocked that they've gotten this far, as far as they have, and and uh, you know, God, you know, I just didn't see it happening, and and all of a sudden, you know, I just thought Cardinal Devil Magic. We've all been there, done that, you know, that they were going to get eliminated, and the Braves, you know, they were coming like a freight train, and I don't know how much you guys have talked about it, Deeth, you know, but I know it's been talked about. But the one concern I really had coming into this postseason was you basically had a week layoff. From the wild card series to the DS. The bye. The only team that made it through the bye is the Yankees. And the Astros. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Astros. The AL, yeah, actually. The AL did. But, 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 but even, like, even if you take the Astros, that they had to have two come-from-behind victories, right? So the Astros had yeah. one that was a ninth-inning walk-off. Only the second... Ninth inning walk off on a final out ever in postseason history. You boys remember the first one? Ninth it, inning walk off. Wasn't that the the Javi bomb? No, 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 no. Last out, oh. last out, and you get a walk off home run to win it to come from behind when you're down to your final out. Kurt Gibson. Oh, coming from behind. Uh, was it Nick? Kurt Gibson? It was Kurt Gibson. Off yeah. of Dennis Eckersley. I thought you were talking about our team here. I was like. <laughs> I was like, wait, I know we got some homers in the end there, but yes, the Kirk Gibson in the World Series, 80, 80, Eight. 88. 88 yeah. was, I mean, I was pretty young, and that was pretty impressive. But, 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 but think about that. The Astros, and then they had to go, what, 18 innings? So they'd have two come from behind. Yeah. No, they barely beat Two em. come from behind victories. You're right, but they did beat them. Two come from behind victories and an 18-inning game to get past Seattle. And then the Yankees had to, you know, pushed it to game five. And, you know, maybe you got to thank the weather gods for that one. If they had to play last night, maybe Cleveland is the one that takes it. The Yankees definitely benefited off the extra rest. So, you know, I think that, you know, nobody that got, that got the bye really had it easy or they're eliminated. They all had to sweat it out. And these were, these were all yeah, phenomenal no, teams. I, and I think you're right about the the Astros. Uh, I mean, the Astros are, I think you'd all say the Astros is the better team versus them or the Mariners. And yet, the Mariners pushed it to coin flips throughout that series. Yeah. It, yeah. And, it, well, and then you look at some of the scheduling, too, because the, they're trying to get this thing done before November and they or, or not before November they actually have it scheduled into into November now um, which didn't used to be the case at all like 
that I've seen some like anniversaries of like this day in baseball, and it's like, the World Series is already being played. Oh, many game, many game, years. The games yeah. are over. The World Series are is over most of baseball. Point. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, it's fine. Uh, you, you know, you're they're playing in San Diego, Diego tonight. It might as well be like you know, it's probably in the. High sixties, low seventies, or whatever. It, 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 so it's it fine. But look, it does look pretty nice there. I'm I'm looking at all these people in their in their t-shirts and you know chilling. Yeah, out. well, they wouldn't be like that in Chicago if we were in this thing. I'm no. that much. It would not look like this tonight. <laughs> We'd be all sitting there in our winter hats. We'd be looking like opening day. I will. You'd see I so many Bears so, game. You'd see so many people in Bears and Blackhawks stuff just because they don't have winter Cubs stuff. <laughs> Oh, are you kidding me? We all got winter cup stuff. Come on. <laughs> Our opening day gear. Yeah, exactly. I will tell exactly. you, though, that year that the Cubs won the World Series, the weather was pretty nice in 2016. Oh, yeah. we. It was. It was quite warm. I mean, the day of the parade. Oh, my God. We were like people were wearing short sleeves. I'm, I'm thinking that the only game I remember being cold out of that whole series was game three of the World Series. The, the It was a pitcher's duel. But in general, yeah. it was pretty nice most of the time. Yeah, it absolutely was. Uh, most of that uh, that October, November, too. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just getting back to what we were just talking about before is like, you know, are the Cubs going to, can they get into this thing next year? And if they and if they do, like, you know, are they, they do they look more like the Cardinals or do they look more like Cleveland? I think they might look, if they get into this thing, I think they kind of look like Cleveland. Ah, uh, see, I don't. That's my prediction. I'm just saying, yeah. if they get in, they look more like Cleveland. Uh, yeah, not. I mean, not like. Maybe that's a wrong comparison. Well, maybe I, there is not a comp. Maybe well, they I, look more I'm like. Not, I'm not looking at it team, team to team. I'm looking at it like, are they going to get, you know, busted out in, you know, two two straight games and gone, or are they going to make it? Well, that's what happened with the veterans. Yeah, but are they going to make it a couple like? you know, into the second series and make it a real series. And I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have. The, uh, can the Cubs get into this end of season tournament? Absolutely. It's not that hard anymore for a team that has the money in the, you know, the players that the Cubs have. But when they get there, I'm, I'm afraid they look a lot more like the Cardinals because the central is just kind of a dumpster fire. And I think, you know, Danny, I think if I'm trying to get what you're saying mainly is, is, is that, you know, getting by, maybe you don't have the top tier talent, but that's what Cleveland did is they got by with like, you know, as a team and guys just playing smart baseball, they're going to have to get rid of the base running mistakes. The defense is going to have to be, <laughs> the defense is going to be, have to be tightened up big time. But I think Willie Harris is up for some managing jobs. So I don't know. The White Sox don't want to seem to call him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, Larusa might come back, right? No, just yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the Cubs. Well, the I problem, mean, Crawley. The problem was that they did try to contact him, but he immediately ran home. <laughs> I mean, you, you look at the Cubs. You're playing everybody now, so it actually does help you get into the wild card. I mean, it, the at the end of the season, you might be up against a team outside of your division that you're. This is a Cubs fan buying tickets from the Cubs. 
And this is a Cubs fan buying tickets through the StubHub link at sunranto.com slash StubHub, knowing that 4% of their ticket purchase will go to the Sunranto show instead of into the pockets of rich corporate douchebags. Buy all your tickets through sunranto.com slash StubHub. Don't worry, it won't cost you a single penny extra. It don't stink to click our link. This is an Amazon shopper buying things from Amazon. And this is an Amazon shopper buying things through the links at sunranto.com slash Amazon, knowing that up to 10% of their purchase will go to the Sunranto show instead of that cocksucker Jeff Bezos, who will just use the money to go to space. Plus, if you buy all your Amazon items through sunranto.com slash Amazon, you could win a monthly prize. sunranto.com slash StubHub and sunranto.com slash Amazon. Two great ways to support the Sunranto show while sticking it to evil corporations who suck and it won't cost you a single penny it don't stink to click our link did we did you lose me or did i did i I got really quiet for me all of a sudden okay yeah well oh there goes there's danny again okay Okay. no it it all disappeared as as well on me so maybe we just disappeared oh so that was that was yeah i think everybody disappeared Oh yeah, no. I'm looking at it in the in the session here. Yeah, it definitely disappeared. But um, uh, what was my point? Oh yeah, uh, I, I think the Cubs could definitely sneak into like eighty an eighty seven win Philly team situation, playing in a tougher division. I mean, but then again, wouldn't it just be easier to beat the Central and get in that way? Like, I don't know. About the same amount of wins. I, you would. You, I, I would hope so because it's really ninety three for St. They, Louis. They absolutely they absolutely could have won the Central this year uh, if they had actually you know if they had gone for some of these guys uh, you know and put together some stuff. The but, Cardinals had more wins than either one of these teams uh, that are playing tonight: right, the Padres or the Phillies. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Right, but they also played in. You know, uh, our division slightly <laughs> easier division than either one of these the, teams. So. The, the, yeah, good. That's a good point. The NL East was stacked. The NL West was stacked, and the Central were the little sisters of the poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and when does that turn around? Like, and that, don't we all kind of well, turn maybe, around at maybe, the same time? Like Billy DeVore, maybe, maybe next year, Danny. It, we've got this whole balanced schedule thing coming next year. Uh, the the central is going to lose overall uh, no six times twenty four games. Each team's losing like twenty four games against the central division. Well, here's my you know question: I mean? Is there a team over five hundred next year in the central? Then, because of that, Ooh, God, because <laughs> uh, if you I all play know. each other to even at best, and then. You got to face the rest of the league. Doesn't it seem like it's the odds are pretty good that you'll just all be under five hundred? That it, you know, and it is possible uh, in you know doing one of the rabbit hole shows. Uh, I think it was on strikes. That strike of ninety four kept uh, the playoffs from having a an AL West division champ that was under five hundred. They were so bad that year. So, 
I don't know. I could I could maybe see that actually happening, knowing that it would have happened that year, and it just didn't because of the the strike happening. Danny, I'm starting to get a little bit of flashbacks '84 with all this yellow waving around. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like you look at it and you can't help but hate it. Uh, <laughs> and I look at the red of the Philadelphia, and I and I've got memories. And I look at Bryce Harper's stupid face because. You know, he, he named his dog Wrigley and then never came. You know what I mean? Like, fuck him. Fuck them all. I, I, I kind of like... Because I, 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 think he just, I think he just wanted to tell people that he owned Wrigley. Also, like, the, the San Diego... Uh, oh, that's true. Did yeah, you that's just a good see, point. Did you just see that play by Cronenworth, though? I don't know oh. where I'm at. In, in, yeah, I think I'm, we're, I'm, we're all on different parts of this game. Yeah, I'm watching you, Darvish, pitch to Bryce Harper right now, and the count is two and two with two outs. Oh, yeah. I'm at two and one. I did yeah, just, Now amazing. I just saw the play by Cronenworth, and that was amazing. Cub, Cub Drug is trying to get in there. What, what did you say? Where are you at? Oh, I, said, I just said I, I saw that play. That was, that Cub was Drug, is he coming in? Coming in hot? Yep. <laughs> No, I mean it's uh, geez, you know, you know. Sometimes you take a look at this, and if you'd, uh, you know, you got Machado, you got Turner. Or, I mean, you got uh, you got Machado. You have uh, oh boy, brain is that functional? Soto, and all of a sudden, it looks like Cronenworth is the guy that's really been the difference maker out of all these things. You know what? And and that's the kind of thing that gets a team over the hump. It's not. Like obviously you want your superstars to be your superstars, but it's when the the kind of you know the second tier guys have like career games in the middle of you know these playoff series. That's when you know a team really starts to feel it. That's when the vibes get going. Yeah, I mean this guy is just absolutely crushing it. When you're looking at the hero so far, yeah. at least in the DS, it was Cronenworth. That play just saved a run right there. Yeah, I and and I just saw it. <laughs> it was that was a, that was a hell of a play. And d- doesn't uh, Juan Soto have another year with them at least? Yes. Yes, he's got one more year before he becomes a free agent. Yeah. So they're going for the, the like here. Here's our window. Where and you've got to against the Dodgers because you know they're going to spend. So that's what I'm saying. Like you got these guys battling it out for the West. So one of them is going to be a wild card team next year. Uh, I mean, you're just kind of seeing how these teams are stacking up. And it, one one thing that's interesting about the playoffs is seeing where you think the Cubs stack up against these guys. And we swept the season series against the Phillies. So, I mean, <laughs> so, I yeah. mean true. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to read too much into that. So, I guess what you're saying is that we need to be going for the Phillies to win the World so Series. We could be and then like, we can be like, we, the Cubs swept them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think that's absolutely um, what we should be pushing at this point, because what I don't know what we did against the Padres, but maybe we got a game or two. We certainly did not sweep them. <laughs> <laughs> no, they had a good series against them. That was the Frank Swindell flying coach series. Oh yeah, that was yeah. that was leaving leave Frank in Chicago, but. He didn't end up staying. Yeah, well, that had some special mojo on it. So, I mean, unless you're flying Frank Schwindel to the NLCS, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, right, here's on coach, on coach, on coach, all the way from Tahiti. Like, you got to get some special juice on that. But, um, 
Oh man, so they got Zach Wheeler going for the Phillies. Um, so I'm just uh, basically saying what I'm seeing at this point. So, um, all right. Well, do you, want to get, you guys want to end it there? Like I don't know. You. Have, what, 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 I, I'm not sure what else you. But I, I would stay on all night, drink wine, watch the game, record it. Uh, talk about the Cubs, because but I, I could also stop and, unless. Uh, it. Yeah, my my phone is actually about to die, <laughs> and uh, so I do I do actually have to go before I just get tossed. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so uh, this you've wasted another perfectly good uh, hour and change uh, with uh, Danny Rocket, Michael Cotton, Crawley, and the Sun Ranto crew. Uh, thanks for all that tuned in. Uh, we are the Sun Ranto Show. We are Patreon uh, fueled. So patreon.com slash Sun And um, I don't know, as far as the hey, Major hey, League hey, Baseball hey. playoffs go, I, I, it, what, what I level do you get your media. own personal yodel at? What Patreon tier is the yodel? Yeah, tier? Uh, like, like if you like if, if like you you contribute. Let's let's go to the forty dollar level. You get your own personalized yodeling session. Once a month at forty bucks, you get. I, I will teach you how to yodel. <laughs> yeah, for forty dollar at the forty dollar level. I mean that's that's a bargain. I mean, listen, it is a a niche skill these days. Only me and Everett know how to do it, and. Uh, Who's the guy who told us about? <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, I was gonna say the uh, that little kid that was in Walmart that one time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just yeah, gonna say the same thing. The Walmart kid. Um, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look at my uh, full uh, history because I did look it up. Don Walzer. Don Walzer. Yeah. So if you want to be the Don Walzer of uh, Sunranto fans, just please uh, support us at patreon.com slash Sunranto. And also, Crawley, uh, Fly the W Show. Yeah, Fly the W670. We're on Spotify, uh, Odyssey, all the fun things that you listen to. Apple, uh, uh, good friend Miguel Sparza's on this week. Drop oh, it tomorrow. Shit. Uh, did you uh, speak Spanish on the show? Uh, we, had a couple, we had a couple of his calls on. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's, you know, I've been listening to a lot of these uh, postseason games in Spanish because I just like to do it for my own comprehension's sake and helping me learn the language. But uh, it's, it's a far superior call. I will tell everybody that you should probably just learn Spanish because it will be the last bastion of the radio call and baseball being exciting because like the rest of the league is moving towards like being golf I think you know like well, and just so you know you were brought up in the podcast but that was because Miguel was scolding me <laughs> well you know <laughs> I, 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 I do so here Danny you're gonna you're gonna I, know I, I, bring up, I, I, bring, I bring out anger at people well no I, I I said you know I was talking about how he got to sing the stretch but he already had some you know experience singing being a cover Elvis cover artist and what do you think he said Danny about being called uh, a cover artist uh, but I have no idea that you've got to tell me. well uh, don't tell me go you have to listen to the show. listen to fly the W and, and, and Miguel's yeah. on there and uh, you know hopefully uh, he it, it, Danny is brought up in there, so it's it's 
it'll be coming out tomorrow morning. And, and, and Miguel, as you guys know, is just the absolute. He's just. Such but a I, I do want to know what he said because <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Danny, getting back to the what you were saying about it becoming golf. I saw a Twitter poll that was asking which uh, broadcaster you like better, Bob Costas or Joe Buck. And it wasn't being ironic. They were like literally these are the these are the two best that can do it. And I wanted to cry. I, I just wanted to like cry. Well, there was this one time I was at Wrigley Field and I went to Mordecai's, which is a whiskey bar across the street. And my friend was running it at the time. He no longer does post-pandemic. But uh, the, the drinks there would just absolutely knock you on your ass. And uh, there's a kind of a secret spot to go. And I go up there, and I got my whiskey, and I'm feeling mighty good after a Cubs victory. And who do I see up there is uh, Bob Costas. And uh, so I said to myself, ah, and I get to talk to Bob Costas about 1984. He's the one that called the Sandberg game. Um, that's the one that really stuck in my head. And so I just kind of plop on the booth right next to Bob Costas. I'm absolutely smashed. And I throw my phone at the guy across from me like, hey, man, you want to take a quick picture? And the guy... And, and, and that guy was Jim McMahon. No, that was not Jim McMahon. This was John Smoltz. And he took the, and he took the picture, but then he wanted to kick my ass. Uh, you know, that could really be a whole episode of just guys I've asked to take pictures of me not realizing who they were. Well, there should, no, no, there should just be a show called... I took a picture with this guy once, <laughs> and, and and you come on and you show the picture, and uh, you tell the story of how you got the picture, and uh, yeah. and we and we and like right at the end we contact Jim McMahon or John Smoltz or whoever, and you're like, do you remember doing oh. this? And he's like, yeah, that. Oh, <laughs> Smoltz was grinding his teeth and scowling at me. Oh, it was bad. It was a bad situation for Crowley. I didn't think I was going to make it out of that one. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, John Smoltz, oh. not, not, not as friendly as you would think. He's just exactly as he appears on TV. No, I, w- I would not think he was friendly. <laughs> like, <that's> a, <laughs> like, wait, you thought John Smoltz was I friendly? I didn't even, like, all I cared about was Bob Costas. I wasn't even looking at who he was with. I, was like, I walked in, so he was kind of like, so Costas, like when I walked up, I could see him right away clearly. But but like uh, you were you wait hold on you were not afraid of getting pink eye. Never, no, I didn't. Nor did he ask me about my dead relatives. Infested. Oh, the man's got some skeletons <laughs> in his closet. It was. I don't know. Like I, like I said, my, so so you're trying to see Costas, but why do you even want to see him? Like I said, the '84 game. I wanted to talk to him about the Sandberg game. Mm. Dude, that would it. Maybe you can get him on at uh, Fly the W sometime. We do. Oh yeah, I got the picture still. The picture's a classic. I mean, do you, but do you think? I mean, how hard could it be to get Costas? Is it really hard? You think? Uh, it's gonna be a little bit tough. You never know. All you can do is ask, and all they can say is no, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you're such a great salesman. I feel like you could actually get Costas. <laughs> The the way you, the way you sell it is, uh, we've got to call into Joe Buck right now, and we're waiting on his response. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to come on, and we'll just bump? Joe. I will tell you though, listening to Costas brings me back to when I was a kid. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. For for me, it's it's not even a question. I would take Costas over Joe Buck any day of the week. But uh, Costas is at a point in his career where where he is the best. He's leaning a little too much into the things that got him famous, which you know were just a part of his shtick, and now it's like the whole shtick. Right. Right. Best days are past him. It, it could be. I mean, the, I, I, I don't know, like, how these older guys respond to all the extra bullshit they make them do. Because at at some point in their careers, they were the star. Like, they got to call it how they saw it. They were the artists that made this happen. And now a lot of the artistry is being taken away with everybody like handing them shit that is either relevant or not. Like whether it be where this fucker grew up, or uh, yeah, it, some it, interesting it, note I, about it, his RBIs, or you know, I don't know, like some right. And I, and I think Bob Costas is still far superior in actually calling the game and fitting what he's saying generally more to the game than Joe Buck who just I don't know what Joe Buck is doing <laughs> when he's in I don't know what game he's 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 calling like he just he has one story one narrative on a game and he just that's all he talks about regardless of anything else that happens yeah I don't listen to it I, I never have listened to broadcasters um, I've always had the sound off and yeah that's smart I don't. I don't listen to it. I and if I do, I listen to the radio call. Um, you know, it's just better. And now I'm getting in. Like it really is great. Like it, I, I'll reiterate. Like learn some Spanish and learn it through baseball if you can, because the calls like are way better. And like because it's kind of the wild west of broadcasting in a way, because like. The freaking Anglo suits aren't watching what everybody's doing all the time. Like they get into the weeds a little bit, bit better than, and it's still like a great baseball call that you know is going. Well, here's the point: There's, Miguel talks about what's going on in the game. Miguel sits there, and he also says that obviously shines through because he's excited about field and he has a baseball mind that he knows that something is going to happen in the game and that's why he starts pressing play because he's he presses record he's like oh this could be a moment just brace it but like you know he puts the camera on himself because he knows this could be a great moment and then it goes viral just from the call on twitter name one other broadcaster that that's happening with for the Cubs, not in the legendary Hall of Fame Pat Hughes. Oh, uh, that well, I was going to say or Tom, Tom Brenneman. Tom Brenneman with an assist from Nick Castellanos. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you can get infamous, but I can tell you though that that, that you know the, the reason a lot of us became Cub fans obviously was family ties and genetics and stuff like that. But the other big part was Harry Carey, and I always feel like absolutely. I always feel like with Miguel, it's like, look, Harry Carey was more famous as a Cardinals broadcaster than he was a Cubs broadcaster all those years with K-Mox and Joe Buck. But with Harry Carey, you truly believed he lived and died and cared about that team, right? 
it didn't feel like he was like a national guy doing a local gig. And I feel yeah. like, so when I talked to Miguel in the podcast the other day, you know, he told me like, you know, one time he had to call the White Sox game and it was a little bit harder for him because his heart wasn't in that team. You know what I mean? And so for us Cub fans who are watching the broadcast, we want someone to care about it as much as we did. And even though Ron Santo wasn't the greatest radio analyst, we loved him because it felt like there was one of us up in the booth. Like you could jump in the car, turn on the radio, and after listening to Ron five minutes without hearing the score, you knew if they were winning or losing based on the tone of his voice. Yeah, absolutely. And every fan of every team wants that. They they don't want the national guy. Like we've been complaining for twenty years and don't care, you know. And you would much rather like. I, mean, I don't remember. Did Harry Carey call the like eighty four like eighty four LDS? Yeah, did he call that game on the radio or because that was a national game? Yeah, I'm, after eighty four, I, I want to say he was on the radio. Yeah, that would make more sense. That's, don't, I don't think he's calling. But they're still doing. Yeah, but hey, guys, my phone is literally dying, so I am jumping off. Uh, Spagog, everybody, thanks for coming. Hello? Yeah, but 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 Corey Fitterin just got here. Oh, so he's the most happy. <laughs> now we we got to bring Corey on. I'm going to bring him oh. to speak. Go find a charger and come back. I'll. I'll We'll, we'll see how long this lasts. I can't charge it and, and listen at the same time. Because it's an iPhone. I know, no, they don't no, work I, that way. No, I, I, no I, I can imagine what you're going through. No, I really, really can't. I'm a tech guy. But uh, <laughs> but no, that's what I'm saying. Go charge your shit and come back. Because this only works on iPhone for now. This We're all a, a little like a test subject for uh, Twitter right now. As they listen in uh, on and uh, transcribe our conversation. <laughs> so yeah, so go charge your phone. But I, I did bring Corey in as a. Uh, I'll bring him in as a co-host. See if he gets a. I'm only allowed two co-hosts. Oh well, that. So um, anyway, uh, should, should we end it? If Corey doesn't come in, then we might as well end it. We gotta Everybody have Corey go come America. in, man. Can you hear me? Well, Corey, well, I keep inviting him to speak. He might be trying to do it, but he, I, maybe you can listen in on your computer, but you can't listen on an iPad or like, there's some weird thing. He might be just listening and can't even accept. Uh, Sarah Sanchez had that issue the other day. This is, a, it's all new technology to people, you see. Last Saturday was the anniversary of the Miggy Montero Grand Slam. And and it was you, me, and Corey that were down there. Yeah, dude. Uh, when I uh, uh, I saw the video again of it, and now the uh, it's I can slow it down on the Twitter videos that they share. I couldn't at the time to a point. Well, maybe I could have, but uh, to the point where I can make out my figure in the first row of the right field bleachers of the ball going over my head. <laughs> and and I could tell it's me. It's I'm in my zip up Wrigley Field uh like uh it's like a V neck kind of thing. It's a zip up situation, but uh, but I'm I'm so proud to have been there 
for that game. I've ne- my ears have not recovered. They're still ringing from that moment. Like there's, it, it's it has to be the loudest I maybe ever heard Wrigley Field was after that Grand Slam. So this last Saturday, which was the six year anniversary of that Grand Slam, uh, I was at uh, Pub in the Park in Lake in the Hills with Club Four Hundred, and we were volunteering. I was somebody that was pouring alcohol, so I was doing a one for you, two for me type thing. And, uh, you know, they had all these different microbreweries and all this stuff. And, and, and Miggy Montero and John Maley were at the party in the park. So we do the party in the park. It's over. We go back to Stewart's place. And uh, what's playing on marquee but NLCS game one. So we're, we're watching, you know, we're, we're watching the game, but we're also drinking and having fun and laughing. But when we get to the, the what was it, the eighth inning? When we get to the eighth inning, all of a sudden everyone's dead quiet. And and it's and Miggy is kind of walking us through it, kind of like that breakdown video that he did for the Cubs. But he's kind of talking about it, and it was absolutely insane, dude. It was it was it was goosebumps, man. Just kind of listening to Miggy kind of walk us through the 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 whole situation of that night and how you know it was absolutely the way that it all played out was so you couldn't have scripted it. I mean, like a Hollywood writer couldn't have come up with something as amazing as the way that that story was. Is is I want to say he had an epidural that day for his back, you know, and, and well, that's what did it, you know, and he ended up, uh, he wasn't supposed to really play at all. You know, he said only an emergency, emergency situation. And so, you know, he was, they said they using the hot tub, using the trainer's room all the way till about the fifth, sixth inning. He wasn't even on the bench, like nowhere near the game. He didn't even know what the hell was going on. How good is this going to be in 20 years? Right. And so he ends up in a situation <laughs> where, uh, Dave Roberts wants to get Chapman out of the game, right? Because even though Chapman blew the lead on that, he, he got two outs. It's a messy situation he walked into, but the last guy gets the hit to tie the game at three. Um, but the, he wants to get Chapman out of the game, Roberts. And so he walks in that inning, Jason Hayward, thank you, Lord, and he walks Chris Coglin, both those guys. But the whole point is, is that Miggy's going to go up in the... In the uh, whatchamacallit, he's going to step into the batter's box and then you're on the on-deck circle. And then, so basically what Joe told Miggy is, look, you just go up there. You don't, don't worry about it. You don't have to swing. I'm just using you as a decoy. He wanted uh, Roberts to switch pitcher out and, you know, and then get Miggy uh, and, then, and then pinch it for uh, whatchamacallit, Chapman. They were going to pinch it and put... Um, Wilson Contreras in. So they didn't even want Miggy to hit in that situation. And so all of a sudden, Roberts does not change pitchers, which is what Joe was anticipating. And so Miggy's kind of sitting there looking at the dugout and kind of trying, what do you want me to do? You want me to come, you know, you want me to, you want me to hit? You want me to come back into the dugout? What do you want me to do? And Joe's just kind of like, whatever, just go hit. And he said, all right, I'll fucking hit. <laughs> I, miss, I miss that kind of managing. Yeah, it seems like we've seen a lot of overmanaging in the, you know, in the in the playoffs already. Yeah, they, you know, you know, the, yeah. like oh, we got to play the matchups, and as, as as opposed to like, you know, Miggy looking back, he's like, well, who else do, do I got? <laughs> like, <laughs> just get out there, right? It, it was, but dude, listening to Miggy tell it, man, that was just unreal. It was, it was sick. Well, what I'm saying is about what is going to sound like in 20 years is that. In 20 years, Miggy's going to tell it way better. And he'll be, like, down at the trainer, and, you know, and the guy's doing Mr. Miyagi stuff on his back. And he was getting his last rights. 
Yeah, he's getting his last rights. <laughs> he's like they, they've got the uh, the defibrillator on him. He's, he's about to have a heart attack. He's had three strokes, and he's gonna go back out there. Hey, you um, know, unfortunately, people don't remember, man. Mickey was you know a little bit older at that time. And the funny story is that with the Ranters and Club Four Hundred and the Cubs memorabilia group, they got me the Mickey game worn jersey from the ring ceremony. And uh, Stu, you know, got you know got, was going to have his mom wrap it in a box, and she got all mad at Stu because she thought he dropped the uh, Buffalo Wild Wing on the jersey, but it was Miggy's icy hot on his shoulder that's still on the jersey that you could see. It's like just crazy, but yeah, he was, you know, what I mean, and 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 Miggy said himself, I want to, I want to have it tested. You got to <laughs> test that. Yeah. Make sure it's not a wing. Yeah, no, yeah, you got to reverse it. <laughs> exactly, make sure and then it comes back barbecue sauce and icy hot. And then <laughs> yeah, we'll sit. Yeah, but it was it was it was fun and listening to Maley kind of talk and break down some of the hitter stuff and like it's funny because those guys like just it, any baseball player you ever talk to, just how how much they remember the moment. How, how things are so clear to them, and they're just like, yeah, here, this, 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 this. Like he just remembers like the pitch sequencing and what he told the hitter beforehand. You know, and, and it was just crazy. Well, they, they weren't drunk like we were. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. maybe not during the game, but... And they were there, like, they were much closer. <laughs> yeah, but dude, I mean, I've gone to games sober and stuff like that, and, and you, like, the exact sequencing, like, dude, I'm just telling you, it's just weird to hear them when they talk about it. It, it just, I don't know, a little bit different. Yeah, what, what's incredible is like how even sitting close when you're at the game and you're sitting so close to the action, it's almost too close. You're and you can't imagine just being up there like taking that pitch, and um, like how different it, it is the perspective of a fan versus a player. So when like somebody calls the talk radio and starts screaming about, well, why did he swing at that? Then you're like, dude, if you've ever sat close. It, it looks crazy there. Like, you can't imagine doing it, you know. It, I think, it really I think, is. I think Pitching Ninja does a, has done a great job of that, uh, of you take a look and you're watching and you're going like, holy shit, like when, when, when he does that, the, the overlay, and the pitch is coming the exact same for about 70 feet, and then like within like the last 15 or 20 feet, it just one ball goes straight ahead, the other just dives away, and you're like, holy shit, like how you only have like an instant of a fraction of a second to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In, unless you've done it, you don't know. <laughs> so, well, um, I don't know. Maybe we end it there, then. That sounds like a good place to end it. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, Corey came on. That's where I was hoping for, like, a, a fifth wind. You know how I do. <laughs> like, let, let's record it all, put it out there, let, let God sort it out. So, <laughs> all right, well... Uh, Peace, love, De Niro, or more. Listen to Sunranto. Listen to Fly the W. Uh, support your uh, local Cubs podcaster. And uh, peace and 